0: at northwestern qatar and creator of the award-winning history adventures digital learning series for the sixth episode we are excited to bring you exclusive coverage of seagraph asia 2022 the world's leading conference on computer graphics and interactive media which took place in daegu south korea in december of 2022 celebrating the theme colorful world the finest minds redefining the future of cutting-edge technologies gathered to inspire an audience of thousands from around the world. Today's guest, Dan Sarto, is chair of Seagraph Asia's Computer Animation Festival. From short films to scientific visualizations to AI-enhanced deep fakes, this year's festival showcased an expansive and compelling program, including entertaining and thought-provoking world-class computer graphics animation. Dan Sarto is an expert on computer animation and founder of the Animation World Network awn.com, one of the largest, most respected sources of animation news on the internet. We hope you enjoy our special coverage of Seagraph Asia 2022, and our conversation with Dan Sarto, one of the world's leading authorities on the cutting edge of emerging media in computer animation.
1: not a genre animation is a medium and you can use animation to tell a horror story you can use it to tell a preschool animated series and you can use it to make documentaries and documentary filmmakers more and more are using animation number one to recreate history because there's no there's no record of it there's no visual record of it Mm -hmm. and also to tell stories that are incredibly difficult to tell, mm-hmm. that you might not be able to tell in another way. There's the old word, you know, the, the mashup. It's like we, we crammed a bunch of things together and this is a new visual. Well, it's very much the same thing except the more robust filmmaking techniques. And it, you're seeing it in animation, hmm. you're seeing it in all forms of digital filmmaking, um, you're seeing it in motion graphics that are integrated into right. broadcast graphics. Mm. You're seeing it in commercials. You're seeing it in stuff for, uh, you know, immersive technologies across VR. And it, you're seeing it everywhere.
0: That's got to be the newest theme. And I think that's one of the more interesting things that I want to zero in on is uh, to what degree traditional filmmaking, visual effects, and animation are converging and to what degree the future of sort of... Uh, visual storytelling is going to be animation. Just as soon as we kind of think we know how to
1: refer to something mm. in in this type of content creation, folks go break break those rules, break those uh, you know that that nomenclature, so to speak. Right now, and it it was it's been in the works something that you become may, may become aware of now mm. and see a film and how was that made. Mm. It's not like it just happened, you know, with, with someone snapped their fingers. It of didn't course. happen. It this stuff, everything happens is after sometimes decades of filmmaking yeah. and technological innovation right. that manifests itself in something now. Somebody took it and did something that no one had done before. Right. And that's where the that's where the artist and the vision comes in, the storyteller mm-hmm. comes in. You'll you'll see that right now coming out of, uh, and it's still in the pandemic, but coming out of it to a certain degree, the, the nature of how technology was harnessed by necessity is has opened up the floodgates with regards to new ways of mixing and matching and melding all of this stuff together. A lot of it is fueled by digital filmmaking techniques that are based upon... Incredibly fast evolution of real time tools mm. with things like Unreal Engine mm-hmm. and, and Unity mm-hmm. and virtual production. Mm. And it allows an integration of the, the, the approach that filmmakers can take, whether it's a short or a two and a half hour feature. Mm. It's not this necessarily, doesn't have to be the same linear. Pipeline mm-hmm. from pre-production to production to post-production, to visual effects, and you see things eight months later, and stuff can be done much more iteratively yeah. because it, it can be done in real time. Huh. And so, as a filmmaker, if you can see something two hours later, as opposed to four hours, four months later, the monster when you, when your actor looks up and goes ah, with a relatively high resolution, pretty good looking. Temporary asset of the monster. Yeah, you can say, you know what, move the camera this way. Mm. They should be they should be six inches close. You can you can it changes the way filmmakers can make their films. And tomorrow there'll be a different set, and the day after there'll be another set. But what you're gonna see is more and more filmmakers are taking advantage of whatever they can get their hands on, mm. which, as you also said. It's become much more democratized because right. the price of the gear and the technology has come down. down, and that's why, to me, at a, at a at an academic and technical conference like SIGGRAPH, you know, the biggest computer graphics organization in the world, where people stop and come together and discuss and talk about and demonstrate what's the latest hmm. in all of these in, in in a broad base of areas. Yeah. It's it's very fulfilling to me, and this is why I got involved with this at this level, is to take a moment and look at some of the work. Let's see what, what's the latest in storytelling with all of this maelstrom of stuff they have at their disposal, and that's why this you know this, this newest selection of films for the electronic theater is so it's spectacular, the
0: group last year, the group next year. Because great work is being done everywhere. There's this um, tension between the technology and then the actual, like the quality of the output of the storytelling. I think if, if you go back and you look at the history of Pixar, that was even there then, when uh, Steve Jobs was not really a storyteller, but was more of a computer. computer. Was a, he was a check writer. He was a check writer, and a, you know, and of his course. interest in it was yes. on the technical side. Yes. Was interested in what can be what can be done with computer graphics, but he didn't understand the storytelling side at all. And then, of course, Lasseter and those guys—they brought in all that. In a way, I feel like you're speaking to that even now, where you have this conference is focused on emerging media technology, but then your your emphasis is what is the output, what is the storytelling that's happening with these tools. And I'm not
1: saying that one is more important than the other, or that. We should focus more on one or the other. Right. All, all I'm saying is that it's important to see what folks are what folks are doing, what types of stories are they telling. How is the technology, this vast, incredibly magical, crazily sophisticated technology, yeah. how is it being harnessed to serve? creative vision. Mm -hmm. How is it being used to tell seven minute or three minute preschool stories that people will want to put their 18 month old kid in front of and is appropriate for them to sit and watch? That's,
0: you know, there's technology to make that, but it's, it's, it's storytelling. Can you see these tools and techniques being applied to kind of the future of, of education? Because that's kind of my area of focus on digital, digital learning. And um, I'd love to hear you speak to that, like how this, this cutting edge of tools and emerging media technology can be applied to, let's say, uh, to K-12 education. There's
1: probably, and I don't know the numbers, but I, I would bet you 10 bucks. If you looked at the market size and the number of people that are using various, we call them multimedia and media tools, right. to create learning materials across from corporate learning to K through 12 to uh, to technical learning within technical environments, yeah. um, that, that would potentially dwarf entertainment. Mm-hmm. Okay, media yes. and entertainment yeah. is a very small but highly visible segment of the industries that these technology makers make their money on mm. so when you look at someone like Nvidia and I don't know how many tens of billions of dollars they do every year in business the media and entertainment business is a very small sliver yeah, yeah. of their business okay, that's cool. and a lot but but it's the same type graphic visualization Focus. That's used for companies involved in robotics, mm-hmm. in computer, you know, computer animated manufacturing, autonomous vehicle. All of this stuff is graphics based, and the tools and and the technology you need. It, it's it's very ubiquitous across all of that. So, mm-hmm. getting back to your question with regards to education, um, I think number one, usually budgets are are in in are significantly smaller. In the educational media market than they are in the professional business side of animation. Even small budget shows. Yeah. So f- people use whatever technologies are available. You see a lot more mixed media. Mm. You see kind of simple green screen live action than with uh, uh, you know hosts and people and and then they have digital characters. Mm that are you know that are integrated with the shows and that's used for learning that's it's used for all different types of of uh you know edutainment i guess is what it what it's kind of called so Mm -hmm. anything that gets that is really developed for the more mature m e space Mm -hmm. you see it used everywhere else for industrial videos architectural visualization walkthrough
0: it's all, it's all the same, it's all the same tools. So one of my favorite ones, which we talked about briefly, was Crush On. What you, What you see in this film is you see an interesting
1: mix of live action right. and animated effects. Mm-hmm. And it's not just photo effects that are made to replace what a live action camera would capture if that was actually happening. Exactly. This is not that type of film. This is a film that uses a hybrid approach to very stylized visual effects, the animation that 's integrated with the live action
0: yeah, exactly
1: and so one of you 're seeing more and more of that now, part of it is because of the pandemic. Mm. folks can 't go shoot places, right. so they 're shooting a lot more on green screen mm. um, and, uh, and then they're cre- everything else is digital mm-hmm. there 's also a lot more virtual tools when you talk about emerging media. Yeah. When you look at uh, game engine technology by folks like Unreal and Unity, yep. a lot, number one, there's a low barrier to entry from a cost and technology standpoint, so it's ubiquitous right. as a tool for, for young, either student filmmakers or young professionals who are making films. Yeah. It's the tools they're using in their work too, Right. so it's easy for them to adopt that to make. Even a live-action visual effects film like this, in addition to fully animated.
0: I love your point about how it's a kind of a COVID movie, too, because uh, it looks like he made it in his dorm room, <laughs> but it just looks incredible. But that's what's that's
1: what's so intrinsically fascinating yeah. and ultimately rewarding mm. about animation, mm, yeah. is that at its core, by definition, it's, it's the in essence is by frame-by-frame by frame manipulation yeah. of imagery. Right. However you do that, you get a result. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the most rudimentary uh, uh, techniques mm. can create the most interesting films.
0: Yeah, of course. And
1: one of the things you see in this film, I think, and, and as we talked a little bit about it earlier, by using a stylized approach to the techniques that make up the animation that's integrated with the live action, mm you visually it's interesting mm. and so yeah. have gra- when we almost like 2d graphical elements and um uh, non-photorealistic elements within the environments mm. and the mixing of of uh, and the way that the virtual environment allows you to move a camera right. and the way you can light things yeah. you can accentuate your story elements mm-hmm. Um, And it's that manipulation that the filmmaker, that's the filmmaker's story. That's how they're telling their story. So
0: the tools really allow this sort of, you know, these sort of films to be made. And really it's about the fluency with the tools. And when I look at this particular one, actually the tools are written down here. I thought I saw them somewhere. He had written out here. I use Blender, After Effects, and Adobe Premiere. And right. those are pretty accessible tools. Those are Blender is, is open. I mean yeah.
1: Blender's Freeware, Adobe Tools, you know, Photoshop Premiere After Effects.
0: Those are about as basic as you can get. Exactly. And that is just amazing that he's able to do that. Yeah, so the, how that, that style is creeping into more mainstream movies that are uh, but not necessarily animated movies. One of the other
1: things that we kind of contend with when we talk about "Quote unquote animation." There's m- as much or more animation in a big visual effects-driven film as there is in a fully animated film from Pixar.
0: Okay, yeah. So right, when you when you
1: look at like Black idea. Panther, or right. you know, or you look at uh, uh, any of the big films, um, uh, you know, recently the, like the DC film Black Adam, for example, it's animated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it, you could that's a it's a thing. visual it's considered visual effects because there's live action. But there's so much animation in that film. It uses much of the same tools, much of the same artists. It's a completely different pipeline and a, different, a completely different way it is designed and parsed out and worked on. But animation, you know, there are the styles of animation,
0: um, there's a lot of animation you don't even know it's animated. What tools do you see as, because we talked about Unity, Unreal, and then the student there that used Premiere After Effects and Blender. So what are the what other tools, techniques do you see that are gonna revolutionize do-it-yourself animation in the next few years? The big thing right now is real time. Mm,
1: right. And real-time animation in all its forms and formats is a disruptive, fundamentally game-changing way of creating entertainment content wherever people will consume that of course yeah and so that this is where everything is going mm. because it allows storytellers to approach their work almost like a live action director mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's fundamentally game changing for people especially in fully animated environment you know, projects where the pipeline is you have a you have a, you have a much more linear pipeline. Of course, yeah. So real time is a real is a real game changer, and any any innovations in real time will be used by the most sophisticated productions, and it'll be used by the by by productions that are much more simplistic because it works, mm-hmm. you know, and people mm-hmm. will use the tools that work. Um, it'll cut down on the cost. It'll cut down on the time to delivery. It'll increase the it, it, the the fidelity is getting better and better. Why why wouldn't you use those types of tools? A lot of the game engine stuff that you just mentioned, you know, those are certainly there. But you you've got stuff from NVIDIA. There you know Omniverse. You've got um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot more integrated platforms that are looking to kind of provide that mm. all the stuff for the metaverse. I mean, you could go on and on and on and on, but. Uh, it, when you when you look at individual creators or small teams of creators,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I think is the way to look at this sort of thing, um, they need they will glom onto whatever tools they can economically yeah. and effectively use to tell the story they want to tell, whether it's a short or whether it's a commercial for a regional TV station in Turkey or it's a series that they're trying to sell in Mm Asia-Pacific. Whatever it is, they're driven by what do I need to get my story out there in in the least expensive and most compelling way.
0: But that's true as well just in the history of animation, right? It's all about getting your hands on the tools and doing what you can with the tools available to you. I mean, going all the way back to like the pioneers of animation in the early 20th century. The tool is presented
1: because Hopefully, it helps you do this. That's what will make people willing to try it. There's a reasonable chance it'll do what it's supposed to do and that would help me. Once you start using it, then that's where the artists go, huh, what if we did this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And especially because these tools are so extensible and you can write scripts and you can, they add, you can integrate them, mm. folks get, get a hold of them and they get under the hood and, and they do the things that you see. It's 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 really pretty amazing if you think about it. It's an amazing time for animation. Couldn't couldn't be couldn't be a better time for animation right now.